G'day, it's Ben Davis. Thanks for catching up on Mornings here on SENQ. But you know what? You can also catch up some great content with other SEN shows, such as Brekkie with Patty and Heels, The Captain's Run with Cameron Smith and Denon Kemp, all on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But until then, sit back and enjoy and make sure you tell your mates. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Thanks for braving the Christmas rush with me this morning. Yes, the final show of the year. I, I know, I know, I know, but we are about to launch into the summer of cricket, tennis, NFL ramps up, NBL as well. Everything is about to go gangbusters. So today we are going out with a bang. You know that we celebrate everything Queensland. Yes, even you, Peach, the diehard New South Wales supporter. Celebrate everything Queensland. So today... I want you to tell me who was Queensland's standout athlete of 2023. 131355 Christmas drinks or lunch or dinner on us at the Lord Alfred are up for grabs today for the caller of the day, the text of the day. I want you to cast your mind back over the last 12 months. Any sport, any code, any tournament. Who was Queensland's sports star of the year in a year that we were blessed with our teams making grand finals, multiple World Cups, the Matildas, the Ashes, Origin wins, swimming world championships. Who was the best? 131355 0467 736 736. It is awards season tomorrow night, as you've heard Patton Hills talk about this morning. Queensland's elite will be on it. In your astute judgment, who was the standout and why? We need the reason why. 131355 0467 736 736. There's no wrong answers in this as we celebrate the best of Queensland. And this morning, I'll be talking to a legend who's called most of them, actually not just Queensland's best, but the world's best. He is an icon of sports broadcasting who started his career at 4LM Mount Isa in 1966. He would go on and call some of the great sporting events on this planet. He's the real McCoy, John McCoy, who will be inducted into the Queensland Sports Hall of Fame tomorrow night. Uh, that's just part of what we plan to do over the next three hours with your help. Uh, we'll also be talking to another Macca, Andrew McCulloch, on his former Tor Origin teammate, Kurt Capewell. Has he played his last game for the Broncos? If he has, I'm okay with that. We know he's visited the Warriors facility in Auckland. He's spoken to Andrew Webster, the coach, someone he knew from his days at Penrith when Andrew Webster was a, an assistant there. The word from across the ditch is there could be a three-year deal on the table for a man who's played State of Origin, a man who's won a premiership with Penrith and was part of the Sharks premiership charts. Didn't make the grand final that year. 
Well, he didn't. The Sharks did. Kurt Capewell. I'm okay if Kurt Capewell has played his last game at the Broncos. The reason being, he's come and done his job here. What he was signed up for, bringing that pedigree to Red Hill, he's helped the team reach their potential. 20 minutes away from a premiership. What happened in that last 20 minutes? Well, there's a lot of fingers being pointed there, but Kurt Capewell helped them get there. He played through pain. He played some of the best footy he has, and he showed the youngsters how to do it. Jordan Rickey re-signed. Brendan Piacura re-signed. The back row was there. So the writing's on the wall for Kurt Capewell. And I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with that because the Warriors want to offer him, so we're hearing, three years. That is just reward, I think, for a man with his pedigree, a player with his pedigree. The Broncos, sadly, do need to offload someone to fit the likes of Ezra Mam in, to fit the likes of Reese Walsh in, to make sure that they have the superstars, the future, those players who will be around for the next 10 years to lock them up at Red Hill. Kurt Capewell has come in and done his job and has done it admirably. That's why I'm okay if he is the one to go. It's not that I want to see him go, but someone has to, and they do, to make way to clear some cash. I think this is the best possible outcome, not only for the Broncos, but for Kurt Capewell as well, if it does happen. Broncos fans, do you agree? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. What does he bring to the team? Not only on field, but off it. Andrew McCulloch coming up in the next half an hour. We'll go behind the scenes of one of our most successful sporting teams of the last decade. The Lions AFLW team. Five grand finals in eight seasons. They've only won one premiership, but they've put themselves in the position to do it. Five times. Five from eight. We haven't had another sporting team like it. Oh, maybe the Origin team, Queensland Origin team, but week in, week out, as far as club footy is concerned, the Brisbane Lions AFLW team, they set the benchmark. And every year, they're never given a chance. Yet they overcome the odds. They play the underdog tag. How do they do that? Well, there's a bloke called Craig Starsevich in charge. He assembles a team that is competitive and gets the job done and finds themselves in the last match of the year, five times out of eight. The remarkable story behind that, though, is Craig Stasevich has to keep reinventing that team year after year after year. They're a foundation club of the AFLW competition, and each year they have been raided. The poachers come. They see the culture. They see the team that Craig Stasevich has built, and others come in and cherry-pick, and they pay them the players, the girls, much more than what Brisbane can because they're picking the marquees. They're cherry-picking. And he's had to reinvent this team year after year after year. That rebuild, normally that takes years, doesn't it, to be competitive again? No. Stars each year up there swinging and competing. Five grand finals in eight seasons. What does he bring to the table? We'll go behind the scenes with the man who's been there beside him. Of course, overnight, there has been some remarkable performances as well. Cue Timmy Trumpet, Sam. Tell me where the freaks at.
Yeah, the big show turned into freak show last night in India. Glenn Maxwell has done it again. Oh, a century a century in the T20 against India to win the match on the last ball. Now, I was up. Don't ask me what I was doing, but I was up watching this for the last few overs. When it got to 43 needed off 17 balls, and I went, well, he's got to hit a six here. Otherwise, we're no chance. And it was a dot ball. He tried to launch it into Sri Lanka, but he missed. And it was a dot ball. I went, well, we're done here. We're no hope. So I turned the phone off, went to sleep. Woke up this morning and another Maxwell miracle. If he's not one of the best cricketers on the planet right now, I don't know what I'll do, but I'll do something. If there's anyone better, let me know. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. And the next three hours, you'll hear from Maxi. We'll hear from the Brisbane Heat, who are now just one win away from the grand final and the W. BBL after taking down the Thunder. I want to hear your calls, your thoughts, anything to be part of the final show of the year. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Call us, text standing by before we do that though. Let's do this. And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. Who was Queensland's best athlete of 2023? Uh, I want to paint a picture for you. At the halfway mark of the last Olympics, Tokyo in 2021, remember it was postponed because of COVID, but the halfway mark of the last Olympics, Queensland sat fifth on the medal tally. Not Australia, Queensland. Fifth. Equal with Great Britain, more medals than Korea, and France. Queensland-based Olympians brought home 28 out of Australia's 46 medals from Tokyo. 13 gold, 4 silver, 11 bronze. When you add the Paralympics to that total, Queensland-based athletes won 56 medals. We are the titans of the sporting world. We punch above our weight, we rely on the underdog, but we also have talent talent oozing through our maroon-covered veins. And and that's not boasting. That's not an opinion. That's counting. It's fact. The numbers are there. This year, we've had grand finalists in our winter codes, twice with the Lions in the AFL and AFLW, the Broncos and the Titans making grand finals. The Heat made Big Bash finals this year. Well, last summer, but this year. The Blaze have just won the men's and women's hockey one title. Brody Kostecki, Gold Coast based. Locking Neal, a Brownlow. Kalen Ponga and Tamika Upton, the Dally M. Ali Anderson won the AFLW's best and fairest last season. Queensland has won the Origin Series. We are a sporting state dominating Australia and dominating the world. Tomorrow night, we celebrate that with the annual Q Sport, the old Queensland Sport Federation Awards. It's crowning the Queensland Sports Star of the Year. This has been an awards night that has happened since 1995. I'll take you through some of the past winners, but they are the elite of the elite. Tomorrow night, there are 15 finalists. 13 of them are either world champions or the best in the world at what they do. 
judges have to decide who is the best of the best, the Queensland Sports Star of the Year. It's a title that's been bestowed on the likes of Susie O'Neill, Mick Doohan, Ash Barty, Jeff Horn, Sally Pearson, Adam Scott, Kate Campbell, Matt Hayden, Grant Hackett, Steph Gilmore, Stephanie Rice. What about that for a collection of world beaters? Queenslanders. Tomorrow night, the newest addition to the crown. Today, I'm asking you to be the judge. And when I read out the following list, I need you to choose who out of this list would be the best of the best. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. And you know what? If it's not anyone on the list, I'd like to hear those reasons as well. It's 9.15, about to creep up to 9.16. Strap yourselves in for this list of Queensland sports stars. 13 of them world champs, 8 of them females. In alphabetical order, Ali Anderson, the Lions AFLW Foundation player. She's a premiership winner. She's the game's record holder. She was recognised as the comp's best and fairest in season seven. Reuben Cotter. Played every single minute of the 2023 State of Origin series. He was named the Wally Lewis medalist for the player of the series. In turn, he won the Ron McAuliffe medal as Queensland's player of the series. He won a World Cup with the Kangaroos over the last 12 months. And he was the People's Choice Player of the Year for the Cowboys. Kelsey Cottrell won her third World Bowls Championship on home soil on the Gold Coast, and as well as winning gold with Aaron Sheriff at the World Bowls Indoor Mixed Pairs. She also won medals at the Multi-Nations Test Event, gold, silver, and bronze at the Australian Championships. Jess Jonathan played her 100th T20 International on the way to Australia's World Cup victory. She was part of the team that retained the Ashes. JJ also captained the Heat, taking 20 wickets in the season and was named captain of the team of the tournament in the WBBL. Usman Kawaja played in every single test match for Australia. He posts centuries both here and abroad. He racked up 1,229 runs in a calendar year in test matches. Won a World Test Championship, retained the Ashes. Was he also captained the Heat to the Big Bash Grand Final? Jet Lawrence from Landsborough on the sunny coast. An extraordinary year. He is the world champion in motocross. He took the American Motocross Championship Series by storm, a perfect 22 from 22 races. Every race he entered into, he won. He also won the AMA 250cc Western Region Championship. Kaylee McEwen. What a year she's had. Five medals at the World Short Course Championships. Broke the women's 200-metre backstroke world record on her way to five individual medals at the World Championships. She won the treble, the 50, the 100, the 200. Became the first to hold the 50, 100, 200 world records. I'm only halfway there. What about this list? Locking Neal, AFL Grand Final, just the 16th player to win multiple Brownlow medals. Molly O'Callaghan, seven medals at the World Short Course Championships. She had a knee injury, overcame that, then won five golds and a silver at the World Swimming Championships, including world records in the 200 free. Kalen Ponger, a finalist of the Queensland Sports Star of the Year. He led the Knights' charge, what was that, 10 in a row into the finals and won the Dalian medal. Hayley Russo, part of the Matildas, 
who captured a nation at the Women's World Cup. Three goals in the tournament, two against Canada, the reigning Olympic world champs when she was named player of the match. She also picked up her first Ballon d'Or nomination. Queenslanders dominating on the world stage. Cassiel Rosso, he medalled in every single senior international diving competition he entered in 2023. He won gold at the World Championships in the 10-metre platform. He has got to be up there, surely. Aaron Sheriff, mentioned him before, could be just the greatest bowler of all time that Australia has ever produced. He's claimed an unprecedented four world titles, two golds at the World Championships, two more at the World Indoor Bowls Championships. He was the player of the Premier League. Ariane Titmus. Oh, my God. Four medals at the World Championships, including gold and a world record in the 400. She also won a world record in the 4 by 200 And to round out this list in alphabetical order, Tamika Upton. She won the NRLW Premiership with Newcastle, won the Dally M medal. She's now a four-time Premiership winner. And she also won the Karen Murphy medal for the best player on ground in the grand final. Oh, hang on. That's right. She starred for the Maroons in the origin. So out of that list, 15 of them, 13 of them world champions or the best in their sport on the planet. Queenslanders. Who do you choose? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Prizes up for grabs today. We are celebrating the best of Queensland. Who is the best Queensland athlete, any code, any sport, over the last 12 months? Over to you. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Uh, it all went pretty by pretty quickly, actually. I think once the once the dew obviously um, affects the ball and makes it difficult to hold on to, um, we knew that it was going to be hard work to bowl Yorkers, and there probably wasn't a a number I think at the back end that we sort of set ourselves to. But we just thought if we could sort of stay in the hunt for at least until the last over and give ourselves a chance, uh, you never know if we get a couple out of the middle, we might stay in the game. And uh, we did did really well just to keep ourselves in the game until the final uh, final over. Did well to keep yourselves in the game. That was Glenn Maxwell after this morning's heroics in India. When I say heroics, what about this? 104 of 48 balls. His century came off 47 balls. So that equals what Josh Inglis did in game one. But this time, Australia won. They came from the clouds to do this. They needed 21 off the final over. Matty Wade, the captain who stuck around with a 28 not out. Oh, well, the final over was 6-4-4-4. In fact, that was the final four balls after Wade struck a four and then a single to get Maxi back on strike. So no pressure. Off the final four balls, they still needed 15. Done my maths right there. Either way, a Maxwell miracle. I pulled stumps, as I said, with 17 balls to go, and they still needed 40-odd. Unbelievable, Maxi. Uh, now, I just want to pick up on one thing. I know Dave and Darren are standing by. I'll get to in just a moment. But they're talking about this series, or I've heard people call this series pointless. 
There are no pointless games for Australia. There are no pointless games when you're representing your state. Because for those athletes who have toiled their entire career to pull on the green and gold in whatever endeavour, or the maroon, there is no pointless games to that. You try telling that to Jason Berendorf's parents, to Kane Richardson's parents, to Glenn Maxwell's parents, who drove young Glenn, Jason, Kane around for all the Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings playing sport, taking them to sport carnivals, taking them to representative games, to districts, to states, then to nationals, who've supported them along the way. The 15 or so years it took for them to get to that level. Pointless? No. Anytime you pull on the green and gold, anytime you pull on the maroon, anytime you pull on something to represent your city, your state, your country, it's not pointless. It's not meaningless. Happy to have that conversation with you as well. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, Darren's out at Redlands. Darren, very good morning to you. Um, thank you for holding on. Queensland's best athletes of 2023. Oh, good morning, Ben. Uh, what a list you read out, mate. Um, it's pretty impressive, hey? Imagine being a judge mate. trying to separate that <laughs> list. And that's what I'm asking oh, you to do today. Oh, <laughs> all right. All right. Oh. Darren, are you there? Hello? Yeah, she doesn't hold in her discipline. Hey, Darren, sorry, I'm, 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 I'm going to get you to start again. I'm going to get you to start again because we just lost you there. You just dropped out. Who, who do you think it? Who do you think it is? Or it should be? Oh, Kaylee McEwen. Oh, how good. Yeah, like, is there a, is there a world record she doesn't hold in her discipline? You know? 50, 100, 200. She's the first woman to hold all three at the same time. What would that be? A grand, sl- yep. a grand slam, I suppose. Yeah, of world records. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Called a world record, grand slam of world records. She's she's just phenomenal, and she's got that X factor too. Homegrown. Ben, there's a few on the list that aren't homegrown. She's homegrown, um, and she's just just phenomenal, and she's got that X factor in in her performance in the pool and off the pool. She's just something special, I think, and and she'd be a, a worthy, worthy recipient. Katie McEwen, we're going to put that down on the list. Darren, you're our clubhouse leader at the moment. Thank you. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. David, stand by. Going to get to you straight after Vanessa's news. Slam and Sam, that covers so many areas today, doesn't it? It covers Glenn Maxwell, it covers our T20 team, it also covers our topic of conversation today. The Queensland champions, the Queensland sports star of the last 12 months. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, David's been hanging on, he's out at Cannon Hill. David, very good morning to you. A sticky morning to around the southeast. Uh, who's top of your list, mate? Uh, good morning. Good morning. Um, listen, I'm also going for Kaylee McEwen. Mm. And um, just to drill down a little bit more on why I think that she deserves the award is because I may be wrong, but I believe that she's the only nominated person who wins 100% of the time. Every other person wins majority of the time and maybe win big in big games. But every time 
she puts on her swimming uh, outfit and swims back straight. She wins, and she's the most backable sports star we've got in Australia. And the only other Australian sports star that I would compare her to in the fact that she wins 100% of the time is the great billiard player Walter Lindrum, mm-hmm. and he won... 100% of the time to the, to the point that they have to change the rules to bring him back to the field. Now, I believe that there's a, a number of great athletes on that list, but I'm picking Kaylee because I believe that her win ratio is far superior to any other of the athletes there. David, I love that. A lot of thought put into that. That's brilliant stuff. Thank you. Uh, yeah, new clubhouse leader, uh, $100 voucher to the Lord Alfred is up for grabs today. David's got his hand on it at the moment. So that's, what's that? D- Christmas drinks, lunch, dinner on us. David, really well thought out as well. I wonder what rules they could do to change, to bring Kaylee McEwen back to the field. What, what you Backstroke with your eyes closed? Oh, I don't know. What, what would it be? How, how do you change that? I mean, swimming backwards, upside down, is already hard enough, right? And she's excelling at that. Is it the hardest stroke in swimming? Some may argue butterfly, but at least you're facing the right way. At least you can see where you're going. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, just a point on what uh, Darren said earlier and Peach as well. Thank you for your text. He said, my opinion, the best Queensland sportsman, if one exists, is Marnus, but he is a South African. Okay, so here's the next part of the question. Does it matter where they're born? or if they're plying their trade here now for a Queensland team, Queensland base, getting the best Queensland facilities and the best Queensland coaches surrounded by the best Queensland weather, the best Queensland grounds, but also teammates. Or do you think, no, they're not eligible because they weren't born here? State of origin life, wait a minute. You don't have to be born here to play state of origin either. 13, 13, 0467 at 26 degrees. Looking at the top of 29, a few storms on the way today. Sun is out, making things very hot and sticky. I'll keep you updated with scores from the Gabba. If they do get some play, you'd have to think they would be. Queensland um, haven't lost a wicket yet against WA. Uh, so Renshaw and Burns unbeaten. That should start at 10 o'clock today, at least a slated time. They might pick it up earlier if they can get on because of uh, time lost yesterday. But straight after this, Kurt Catewell at the Broncos. Have we seen him wear the Broncos colours for the last time? The Warriors are circling. How hungry is he for that? But also, what will he bring them? What did he bring to Red Hill? Not just what we saw on field, but off it. A man who's played State of Origin with him and has been up close and personal, obviously, at Red Hill, Andrew McCulloch on the other side of this. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ.
was just going to see how far he was going to let that ride. Slam and Sam, hey, it was a game of chicken and he went there. And are we ever going to see his face again? It's a big shout out to Kurt Capewell, who may have played his last game for the Broncos. We know the Warriors are circling. He's been over to Auckland. He's had a look at the facilities there. And he could reunite with Andrew Webster, who he knew from Penrith, the Penrith days. There's a lot of upsides to this. Even as a Broncos fan, I think this is a good move. But let's find out what else Kirk Catewell brings. Besides premiership pedigree with the Panthers, he was part of the Sharks surge to the premiership as well, uh, and also origin. A man who's lined up with him in the Maroon is on the line now. I speak of none other than SEN's own Andrew McCulloch. Macca, very good morning to you. Kurt Catewell, uh, talk to us about the man that we don't see as a player. Yeah, good morning, Ben. Thanks for having me on, mate. Yeah, it's um, obviously all reports. He's uh, maybe a chance heading over over to New Zealand, obviously. But, yeah, certainly what he brings off the field, you know, first and foremost, he's just a good bloke. He's one of those guys around the joint that's well-liked by everyone. And he's been in those systems where he's obviously won a competition. He was also part of that, um, I guess, that Sharks as you said, that Sharks tilt towards the grand final as well. So understanding what it takes to, I guess, win those big games. And why he was brought there was, um, you know, he was a good bloke, trained hard, been in a good system, but also was a bit older where they needed some of those older guys in that particular position that they hadn't left, they hadn't had for a while and they've lost a couple over the years. So he certainly filled that void really, really well. And, yeah, whatever happens, happens, I guess. Mate, you got to play alongside him in State of Origin. It was uh, it was 2021, Game 2. He was playing in the centres and you were lining up in the front row. Um, was that the first time you'd come across Kurt? I mean, obviously you played against him, but being alongside him? Yeah, definitely um, being alongside him. That was my first um, interaction really with Kurt. But that, like you said, Playing the centres a little bit out of position, but was able to fill a void there for the team. And he did that not just for that particular game, but he's played some good games in centres for Queensland. So very versatile, but you know, just a guy willing to play any position, whatever is needed. And that's what you need. And certainly in those big games and those selfish sort of players. So, yeah, but it's true. Um, that's what happens with success in a, in a club, you know, the thing that they have. And, and you think about Sally, you've got to try and keep it all. Um, yeah, it might make sense, but it's not over the line yet, so we'll see what happens. No, and that's the thing. I mean, we, we know he's been in discussions with them. There's no formal offer tabled as yet. Uh, we've contacted the Warriors. We've reached out to them, and they said, look, until something is concrete, we, we don't want to comment any further. But you have a look at what could be on the table, a, a three-year deal, which we know he's not going to get at, at Brisbane because of the young talent that is coming through. Has his impact been enough at, at Red Hill, Mackie, and, and what you've seen? And obviously, with your role there as part of um, development along the way, I mean, have you seen his effect already rub off on the likes of a Jordan Ricky and a Brendan Pierre Cura? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really their first hand day to day type um, stuff, but certainly, you know, by all reports, he's really good amongst the boys, helps them when they can. and like you said, trains hard, comes from a good system. So all those little habits, that not just particularly in a game, but day-to-day stuff of what you need to get up weekly and be consistent. Certainly as you get older, certainly rubs off on those young guys. And like I said, yeah, you definitely think that he's left a, a bit of an impression there. But 
at the end of the day, he's um, yeah, got a three-year probably potential offer there from the Warriors, and it's all about security in the, the game of rugby league. So you can understand if he does make that, that jump. Um, that's just the way football goes. But, um, yeah, certainly an impression he's left uh, some good guys and good hands there. Uh, Mac, and we know the Warriors were the fairy tale run of this year. What they did, how they captured a nation's imagination a- across the ditch, and fans over here as well. We-, we love watching them play. What would adding someone like a Kurt Capewell do for the Warriors' stocks coming into 2024? Well, I think they did a, a bit of that this year. They got you know Jackson Ford, Mitch Barnett, those hard-working forwards um, with that unreal flash to just get your job done. They, they're really gritty. They grind out those tough wins that probably the Warriors aren't, haven't been really renowned for over the last previous years before that. But mm. you can see the type of guy that he's trying to get in there to you know, improve the joint again. Certainly the quality of the squad, but also add a bit more depth within those positions where he knows what he's going to get out of those guys. And also, no disrespect there, too, it's probably not going to break the salary cap either, but he's also going to get some good value for what he's paying, which is the way it should work. Flip side to that, Macca, is the hole he will leave in Brisbane. And and I said a little bit earlier, it's it's almost the collateral damage that you'd, you'd have to take because the Broncos can't keep everyone. We know that. So I feel this could be the best outcome for not only Brisbane, but but also Kurt Capewell, who will get to continue his career for an extended period of time. What what type of hole, though, would he leave at, at Red Hill? And are you confident that we've got the, the troops and the experience to cover it? Well, you're going to leave a bit of a hole with, you know, those type of guys. It's always a bit of a roll of the dice there, those younger kids coming through. But that's why you rely on your, your coaches and your systems that you put in place where... They are going to take a little bit of time to get there. Um, but that's what, like you said, being able to adjust from a successful year and look at the other successful teams that have been able to adjust to players leaving and filling that void. Um, you know, Penrith's another one that lost plenty of players and they've been able to adjust. So the ball's in the core of the Broncos now where they're going to have to deal with, obviously, not just Kurt, probably, but you, know, you look at Flagler and Herbie Farnsworth as well as big losses. So... Yeah, to fill those voids is going to be a good sign of your club's going in the right direction if you're able to do that. Mate, I'm glad you opened that door mentioning Flegs and Farmworth. Who, who how much, do, do Broncos fans realise how much we're going to miss those two and maybe throw Capewell into the mix as well? How, how big a holes they, they will leave? Yeah, well, they're quality players, you know, obviously playing for both their, their country and representative players now, so, but... That's reality of uh, the salary cap and why it's in place. You know, you could think, oh, we wanted to keep uh, a flag lover, then you probably potentially lose Payne House as well. So it's a bit of a bit of a hard one to sort of juggle. That's the whole point of the salary cap and people are going to understand. But being able to manage that and being able to retain the players in key positions that you want to be able to do that, you're going to have to let some go. As they get more successful and play those representative football, that's going to happen. But like I said, the... Uh, the clubs are able to bring the young kids through and, and keep the standards and keep the ability to fill those, those spots that have been left. Uh, Maka, what are we, the 29th of November? Pre-season has started. Uh, 26 degrees right now, just before 10 o'clock, and about 3,000% humidity. You're glad you're not doing pre-season training anymore? Yeah, but I'm out here in beautiful Ipswich at the moment, so it's relatively hot out here too. <laughs> now I'm not in... Uh, 
nice air kind office like yourself, mate. So uh, I'll get through it, and that's, uh, that's all part of it, mate. But, hey, I've seen the boys slogging it out there yesterday, and, uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm not doing that now. I get to sit on the balcony and have a coffee and throw a few sledges from the balcony that I used to cop when I was younger. Oh, but it is the time of year, though. I mean, we know that premierships aren't won this far out, but, geez, they can go a long way to earning those stripes and uh, what they put into pre-season. Mate, you enjoy Ipswich. What are you doing out there today? Mate, I'm actually up to my car dealership, Llewellyn Motors, out there at Ipswich. So anyone listening, make sure you get out to Llewellyn Motors out at Ipswich and come in and say, go out and buy a car. Yeah, nice one. Good plug. Before I let you go, mate, a question without notice. I'm asking everyone today... Over the last 12 months, who has been the best athlete across any code, any sport, any tournament, the best Queensland athlete of 2023? Best Queen? Yeah. Jeez, best Queensland athlete of mm. 2023. Um, athlete. Jeez, you've really put me under the, the pump there. I want to say a bit, my good mate Tommy did jumped out of the, jumped out of the woodwork and got a solid spot in State of Origin. He, Killing it up there in pre-season, set a new record for the 1.2 time in the Cowboys history. So I'm going to put my little mate Tommy Dearden up there. Tommy Dearden, we're putting him on the list. Macca, enjoy. Thank you, mate. Thank you for all the intel and support this year. We'll no doubt be chatting in 2024. Andrew McCulloch, 131355 736 Kurt Capewell, are you okay? If he does leave Red Hill, he's still got another year to go on his contract. But if the Warriors are open to offering him three years, they may ask for an immediate release. There are differing reports on this that the Broncos have said, yeah, sure, he can go and have a chat. But then you read others where he is a required player and still under contract. So nothing official has come through the door yet. But you know what? Where there's smoke, there's fire. 13 13 55 0467 736. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Couple of minutes away from 10, if you haven't realised by now, when Sam stuffs up in the studio or can't think of anything to play, he just goes to a default, which happens to be the GWS Giants theme song. Why? I don't know. But considering that after the news, we'll be chatting to a man who's been inside the Lions Den, uh, both in the AFL program and the AFLW program. Want to peer behind the curtain as they launch into their fifth grand final in eight seasons. Uh, what makes Craig Starsevich one of the best coaches going around? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Well, what about these texts coming through? Uh, so many of you are talking about the Queensland Athlete of the Year. Um, John, Jason, I'll, I'll get to yours probably after the news because I've got to read this out and leave you with this one. Winston may have just saved the best until last. If you're just joining us for the first time today, today is the last show of the year. And Winston has come in with this one. Ben, I've always said that the best way to level the playing field in any sport is to release a creature from the top echelon of the food chain into the arena. A great white in the swimming pool, a Bengal tiger on the cricket field. And I can guarantee you that Nathan Cleary doesn't score the match-winning try if he was being chased by an African lion. 
just before 10 o'clock. None of the drinking establishments have opened yet, yet it seems Winston, that hasn't stopped him. 13, 13, 55, 736. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. It's past 10. Thanks for your company. Just watching some of these highlights again of the Maxwell Masterclass from India. Unbelievable century. Unbelievable win. Is there anything this man can't do? Glenn Maxwell, surely he's the bloke that you put your house on, right? Or is he too much rocks and diamonds for you? Oh, there's a lot of shaking of the heads going. Who is the clutch player? In any sport, you were just back in every day of the week. Actually, we had a call earlier about Kylie McEwen. She is just unbeatable over the backstroke, 50, 100, 200. She's definitely clutch in the pool. Glenn Maxwell, would you love to have your last dollar riding on him? If you're just catching up with this news, another Maxwell Masterclass, 104 off 48 balls. He got Australia home from, well, Mission Impossible. That's right. Surely it should be Mission Improbable because he got it done, but no. Not when they needed over 40 off the last 17 balls. Anyway, Glenn Maxwell did it as well. (laughs) And there's, just watching those highlights again, there's Jason Berendorf pops up. Jason Berendorf. Has anyone seen him and George McFly in the same room? (laughs) Yeah, You know what I'm talking about, right? George McFly. Hello, McFly. Is anyone home? Yeah, from Back to the Future. George McFly, Jason Berendorf. Doppelgangers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, where am I going here? 13, 13, 55, uh, We're doing it this morning, all thanks to Macca's, proud sponsors of the Little Legend, supporting grassroots sport here in Queensland. We are celebrating everything Queensland today for the final show of the year. Tomorrow night, the Queensland Sports Star of the Year will be decided. I'm asking you today, though, be the judge. Who has been Queensland's number one athlete in any code, in any sport, in any tournament over the last 12 months? This 15 finalists. I'll go through some of these names again, not just at the moment, but truth. We're talking Brownlow medalists, dual Brownlow medalists. We're Dally M medalists in both NRLW and NRL. World champions. Out of the 15 finalists, there are 13 world champions or those who are best in their sport, like uh, Lockie Neal and an Ali Anderson. They're not playing on the world stage, but there's no one better in their sports, is there? 13, 13, 55, We're going to launch into this very shortly. He's waiting on the line. I'll get to him uh, in just a moment. Uh, I'm talking about a man who's been there and done it along with the Brisbane Lions in the AFL program, but also the AFLW. Brent Staker, not too far away. We want to peer behind the curtain as they launch into their fifth, fifth grand final in eight seasons. What's the secret? I reckon Craig Starsevich is part of it. Uh, before we get to stakes, though, uh, a few texts coming in on this. Uh, Jason has said, look, I'm not a motocross fan, but Jet Lawrence winning all his races in what I think was his rookie year in the 450 class, a phenomenal 
athlete and not really highlighted in Australia how difficult this would be. He gets my vote. Jace, you're right. Jet Lawrence is one of the 15 finalists for the Queensland Sports Star of the Year tomorrow night. He is a world champion. In his rookie year, he competed and won every single race, 22 races, the perfect year in the American Motocross Championship. A rookie has never done that before. So, Jason, well done. Tick, thank you very much. Uh, Lord Alfred voucher up for grabs. They didn't all drinks on us at the Lord Alfred. Uh, this one's coming through from Grant. Grant, thank you for your text. My vote for Queensland Athlete of the Year is jockey Jimmy Orman. Given his height and what he puts his body through each week, not only to ride competitively, but to take out the Queensland Premiership, outstanding. He's worked his way up to a point where he now rides for the Wallers, the Golans, uh, the Shweeters of this world. Not bad for a kid from Gatton. Grant, good one. I love this. Why? You can throw out names, but why? Jimmy Orman, I love that. Grant, thank you. Um, in the running, definitely, for the Lord Alfred voucher. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, a man who'd probably pick up the award for the best looking too, playing AFL. Yes, he knows it as well. He is Brent Staker, the heartbreaker, our part of the Brisbane Lions setup, but also in the AFLW, uh, was their forwards coach for a long time. He's on the line now. Stakes, very good morning to you. Great to chat again, mate. Oh, Betty, you make me laugh. You make me laugh. <laughs> Come on, there's mirrors at oh. your place. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, I'm an easy target. I'm an easy target. But I, I, you make me laugh. There's a few more wrinkles and crow's feet around the eyes these days, Betty. So, and the body is definitely, as a father, it's definitely not what it once was. Oh, so yes. I'm embracing it. I'm embracing the change. It's, it's all different these days, I must say. Well, congratulations to you and Justine, too, on the, uh, on the little arrival. But, mate, what we want to talk about today is the Lions AFLW setup. They are one of our best performing teams of the last decade. You'd probably put them in the grand final with the Queensland State of Origin team for the success that they've had. When I say success, five grand finals in eight seasons. It's outstanding. Yeah. Mate, it is. It's, it's, um, you take your hat off and there's, They've gone under the radar, really. You know, the since the inception, um, you know, eight years ago of the AFLW and how it's progressed. You know, there's more eyes on the game now. There's more players. Uh, there's more juniors that are playing the game. I think Queensland's topping the charts for female registration uh, players, uh, and that's across all different divisions. You know, the, the senior division right down through to the, the junior stuff. So it's um, it is fascinating. It's great to see, and they're starting to get the recognition um, that I think they all deserve. But you know, what's for the future? There's going to be so much more ahead as well. But for right now, they're, they're really making the most of their uh, their opportunities. Stakes, did it always astound you that, I mean, look, when, when it started, AFLW, the slate was clean. No one really knew where anyone else stood. But along comes the Lions and they have been flying. Each year, though, they're written off underneath the radar. How much, when you were at the coaching staff, how much was that used as motivation? So much, yeah, mate. It's uh, it's funny, you know, being in a well, everyone actually says this, Benny, that Queensland is a as a rugby state or a yeah um, an NRL state, but it's it's changing. I mean, there's more, as I say, there's more participants, but it, it did drive us that we're the, that they are the underdog or that we were the underdog, and funnily enough, they're still looked at as the underdog. Um, the the people in 
Well, the other teams and the experts in Melbourne don't seem to, to put Brisbane up there uh, each year. They seem to be someone that um, you know may get there or may do well, but they keep proving everybody wrong, and that's obviously by another grand final. But it does motivate the players. Uh, it's not everything that you know that you go in there every day to, to prove people wrong, but it's. Um, don't worry, Craig knows when to use it and uh, and when to get the best out of the players at that kind of that angle when you go into um, a team meeting or right before the game that, you know, it just makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and gets a little bit of extra out of the players. All right, Stakes, this is what I want you to do. Peer back the curtain, pull pull, pull back the curtain for us. Stas, Craig Stasevich, he, he, he's, been the, he's been the constant here, hasn't he? From, from day one. Uh, he's been the, the the coach of the year along the way. What is it about Stars that just keeps getting this group up every year? Oh, you hit me the hard the hard questions, Benny. Look, I'll be honest. I'll be completely honest. Um, and the answer is he's real. He's real in the fact that he he doesn't muck around with players. He doesn't uh, tell players or um, put players in positions that they think they're better than what they are. And you boil it down and he keeps everyone together as a team. I mean, the team has been decimated, I think, in year two from when I was there and maybe year four when there was expansion. Mm. And, you know, that's that's hard to take because we lost a couple of our really good players, Caitlin Ashmore, Kate McCarthy, Sabrina Frederick. These players all sort of all took off and the players that we had, you know, rallied around each other with the guidance of staff and the other coaches and obviously our, our manager, Bree Brock, or their manager, Bree Brock, I'm no longer there, but... Um, yeah, it brought everybody closer together. And I think that's what everyone's bought into. I mean, Craig is he's a great people person. Um, a lot of people in Queensland would know him that he's been around footy a long time. And when I say he's real, that's that's an important thing because he doesn't get caught up in the hoo-ha. He keeps it real with the players. They respect that. And you might laugh at this, but he's not a big swearer. He doesn't swear much. He doesn't rant and rave. And I think that's in the new age of coaching and the new style of coaching. You know, the good old days where you would, you know, blast players and swear and all that sort of stuff. It doesn't exist. So he's found this line with, with women's footy that he's been involved with a long time that doesn't, um, I suppose, put the players off. It keeps them, you know, keeps them on his side and he can get through to them. Stakes, I, I love this insight because if we were to be talking to Stars right now, he wouldn't give us any of this stuff because he's he, he's humble, he's real, he tries to keep it real. He is. Yep. Are there Churchillian speeches or is it, you know, what's the, the pre-match address or does he let players do the talking? What, what's Take us inside the, the rooms before you run out. Yeah, it's a bit of a mix. I mean, in the past we've gone down the um, players' You know, just before you'd run out, certain players would deliver a certain message about their area. I mean, we're going back two or three years here, so that's where I would step aside <laughs> as a coach and say, girls, over to you. So we watch as coaches. Um, and that's that's an involvement and, and maturity of your team. There's obviously times where they'll bring a video together and use some insight there to fire players up. You know, And like I say, the last couple of years, I'm not exactly sure the angle they're using, but whatever it is, it's been good. But that's, and that's the... You know, that's the importance of a coach. You've got to sort of read the team. You've got to know what's going to work. You try things in the past and they might work, they might not work. You might be hesitant to revisit some things. Um, but obviously what works, they, um, you know, they keep up their up their sleeve for a rainy day and that rainy day is another grand final. So what, what Craig is uh, is going to use, I'm not sure. But no doubt, I have absolutely no doubt that he'll, he'll know the right song for the motivational video. He'll know the right words. He'll know the right theme. That'll, that'll get the girls fired up. 
Yeah, the AFLW Grand Final live coverage here on SENQ and, of course, the SEN app from 1 o'clock Saturday afternoon. The Lions into their fifth AFLW Grand Final, fifth from eight seasons, a hell of a strike rate. Brent Staker on the line now, mm-hmm. part of the part of the forwards coaching um, uh, set up for the Lions through uh, the early years. Stakes, you, you touched on how decimated in season two and season four where expansion comes along, but every year whatever Stars is doing with this team and making them the elite of the elite, they will get the best players cherry-picked by other teams to be marquee players. I mean, we see Emily Bates now playing for oppositions. We, we, we see each year he yep. almost has to reinvent th- this side, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah, look, Emily Bates is absolute star and at a point in her career that maybe she needed a change. I don't exactly know the reason mm. why behind that, but... Um, you're right, other players step up. The thing about Brisbane that has gone under the radar, we've mentioned a few times under the radar, but it has, but players are versatile. They've found players to, you know, Kate Lufkins hasn't been there this year due to, you know, being a mother. And they've found ways to, to fix that gap in the back line. Um, Emily Bates is gone, Greta Bodie left. I think there was another key forward, Jesse Wardlaw left, but they haven't, Everyone seemed to have flourished. They haven't, uh, they haven't lost their spark and they've definitely got that fire in the belly. And that's, I don't know if that's due to, um, you know, players see that as opportunity, players see it as motivation to prove themselves, players want to go to the next level. Look, there's more on offer for the girls now with, um, you know, the increase in payments. So if you're going to step up and be a good player, then you're going to be remunerated. So there's a lot of things that are on the line for the girls. You you can't just throw the towel in and say, well, I'm not good enough, see you later. There's, you know, the, the game is going in the right direction. There's going to be more games. Now we've got equal teams and the final piece is players getting paid. So... If the girls can, you know, stick it out, they'll um, they'll have a good career and, and find a, a bit of success on the way like Brisbane has. Stakes one, final one before I let you go. It's been a fascinating insight and thank you for it. But Ali Anderson, she is up for, well, she's one of the finalists for tomorrow night's Queensland Sports Star of the Year. She's a foundation player with the Lions. She's a premiership winner and yep. uh, last season she won the best and fairest uh, in the competition. What it is? What is it about Ali Anderson? She is, uh, the nicest way to say this is, on the most polite way, is that she's, she's in that category of people that are in the top, you know, 10% in the world that are the nicest people on earth. We all know that Simon Black falls into that category. He's not around Brisbane as the great man. Ali Anderson falls into that category as well. She, she's a gorgeous human. She's got a great heart. And, uh, but when she crosses, crosses that white line, a bit like Simon Black, she's a fierce competitor. And, um, and that's reflected well in her in her nature. She's a, as I say, she's a great person. She's found that balance. And um, I clearly remember day one, getting into pre-season. I hardly knew any of these players. Uh, we're going back five, six years, or eight years ago now. And you know, she's very unassuming. She was, you know, building her strength and fitness. And then one day, the, the switch flicked, and she figured out what hard work meant and how to get the best out of herself. And the rest is history. So she's. Uh, if she does win it, she's a deserving winner. She'll be completely humble and um, she'll go about her business as normal. She'll prefer the uh, the grand final, I must say. But let's see what happens. Stakes outstanding as always. A really good chat, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks for jumping on the line today. Enjoy Christmas uh, and enjoy watching and listening to the Lions on a Saturday afternoon. Brent Staker, yeah, part of the Lions set up, played obviously AFL and coached with the AFLW team. The AFLW Grand Final, just a reminder, SENQ, download the app today too. You can hear it crystal clear.
from Saturday afternoon, 1 o'clock. We did that all thanks to MEGT, a proud number one ticket holder supporting female tradies and their employers. Visit MEGT.com.au. Ali Anderson, yeah, she's one of the finalists, 15 finalists for the Queensland Sports Star of the Year. Wants you to be the judge of this in your mind, and you're all astute judges. Who is the number one Queensland athlete over the last 12 months? Any sport, any coat, any gender, any tournament, who would it be and why? 13 13 736 736. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. And it's all on the shoulders of their captain, Wetton and Thomas. Oh! And Wetton hand delivers goal. Brisbane thwart the three-peat, and now they've got to catch the captain. They win their first hockey one gold medal. Yeah, there we go. All the action from the weekend. The Brisbane Blaze taking out the hockey one double. That was the men beating the New South Wales Pride 5-3 on penalties. It was locked 3-all in the grand final earlier. The girls got up. They beat Canberra 4-1. But Jake Wetton was the man, the captain who put the Blaze into the history books. And I'm glad to say we've got him on the line now. Jake, congratulations, mate. Is the, has the party finished? Has it wrapped up yet after the grand final win good morning g'day ben how are you mate um yeah it is um it is we yeah we had a um yeah what a what a day for for hockey queensland as an organization it was um yeah something very special and something that will be remembered for for a long time to come well, we spoke last week to uh, to Tim and Savannah here in the studio talking about them going down, talking about the teams, the Brisbane team, the, the, the juggernaut that is Queensland hockey going down to the semifinals and then reaching the, the grand finals. Um, unbelievable stuff. And to do it in a time period where we know in the next six months there will be kookaburras and hockey roos squads to be picked for Paris and the Olympic Games. Yeah, absolutely. It's... Um... I guess any chance playing it um, at a national level, uh, there's yeah, there's opportunity for selection. Um, of course, with what's on the horizon, it's I guess always in the back of your mind. But um, yeah, it was it was a lot as the cliches goes about getting a job done for for the state or or for the the franchise now that that we're playing for. And um, yeah, I'm just super proud of the way that that our group went about this season. And we um, yeah, I think. I think without going on too much, we ended up using players from initially outside our 22 originally. So we had to dig deep from a um, from a point of view of, of using players that, again, weren't necessarily in our main squad. So to be able to come out on top at the end of the, the season is something pretty special. But, mate, that adds to the story, though, doesn't it? Knowing that you have Absolutely. to... Yeah, that, that depth. And, and where did you where did you have to search for them? Where did you, where did you find them? Yeah, well, we lost two of our uh, we lost two of our kookaburras during the process um, of the season. Um, Jacob Anderson and, and Jaden Atkinson both did did hammies and um, during the season, and and we also had a couple of um, a couple of boys that, that made the junior world cup team that were unable to to travel for the finals weekend. So, yeah, we our coach obviously had had some had some players that had been still coming down to training and putting in the effort behind the scenes and. 
you know, it's a, it's a pretty difficult position to put yourself in, not being in the 22, but still rocking up and, and giving everything you have. And, and I made a little bit of a mention to that after the group, after the, the final, is that, yeah, it's, it's disappointing not to be in the original 22, but things happen, mate. And, and unfortunately, injuries are part of sport or selections that, that come with it. And, um, yeah, we had one of our, one of our um, junior guys, um, Hayden Pierce, on a... On Friday, he drove from Brisbane to Gladstone to a mate's 21st, got a phone call on Saturday because we had an injury on in the semi-final saying, mate, can you drive back to Brisbane and fly to Canberra Saturday night and joined us Sunday morning. So they're just little stories that, you know, that the public probably won't hear, but we know about them in camp. And for something like that to... To, to be able to to call on someone like that and, and drop everything at the at the I guess the call of a hat it's yeah it's pretty special for those for those people involved. Mate, that that is an outstanding story. Be singing that yeah. loud and proud too, which I'm sure he would have been singing loud and proud at the 21st on Saturday night, and then having to, to turn around. And back, <laughs> absolutely, and back yeah, absolutely. He, he probably wasn't uh, he probably wasn't expecting it, but no. again, it's yeah we um. Yeah, we needed him to to come into the group, and and he did a job for us that um that we set out to. So yeah, it was again. I'm super proud of of our group and and the way we we went about this season. So you should be, mate. And congratulations again uh, to your, your team and and to the girls as well who uh, who have taken home the the premiership, the title, hockey one in its uh, first year in the current form. Big bash for hockey as we uh, slated at the <laughs> beginning uh, at the beginning of the season. And you know what, mate? You you've joined what has been an amazing year for Brisbane and Queensland teams, where we see. The Lions making AFL and AFLW grand finals. Uh, the, the Broncos making the NRL grand final. The Titans making the NRLW final. And the Blaze making the Hockey One finals in uh, both men's and women's. And bringing the trophy home to Brisbane too, which is outstanding. Mate, wish you all the best going forward, especially for Olympic selection. And uh, uh, thank you for being part of the, the show this year. Jake Wetton, the captain of the Brisbane Blaze. Um, you remember we spoke to him earlier in the season, early in the season, earlier in the year. Flying the Queensland flag uh, over where he's based in in uh, in Perth as part of the the uh, national training program. He 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 loved Andrew Simons as a kid, and he does the zinc on the nose and the lips just like Simo did. Jake Whitten, outstanding stuff. Uh, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Mike, an amazing text message. I will read it out straight after we cue Bon Jovi and Vanessa with the 10.30 news. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Ten forty-five. Uh, why Sam is playing the wedding march? Well, thank you very much for your texts, uh, John, out of Burpengary, a uh, regular of the show. He said, "Ben, I've got a small problem. I have two tickets to the Australian Open golf at the Lakes this weekend, but you wouldn't believe it. I'm getting married this weekend. If anyone would like to take my place, 
Her name is Tracy, and she'll be the one in the white dress at the end of the aisle. Regards, John from Irving Gary. We think it amazing. <laughs> John, thank you. Thank you for contributing to the final show of the year. Uh, you and Winston in the grand final. If you missed Winston's text uh, a little bit earlier, he mentioned about levelling the playing field in world sport. He always thinks releasing an animal, a creature, from the top echelon of the food chain will help. So, you know, a great white in the pool or a Bengal tiger on the cricket field. He said Nathan Cleary wouldn't have scored the match-winning grand final try had it been chased by an African lion. Winston, all before 10 o'clock in the morning. Hmm, exactly. Um, a text replying to Winston, uh, Winston saying, uh, I reckon he's as full as a state school hat rack. <laughs> exactly. Well before establishments open. Uh, all right, time to get serious. Yeah, it is the final show of the year. We're coming into the Christmas season, the, the season to be giving. And it's exactly what our great friends at the Wattle Nest are doing in the lead up to Christmas. You, you remember that I introduce you to Rachel Condesfields, who's behind the Waddle Nest. She is linking up athletes in this country to well, the public, but also corporate Australia to help them earn the money that they need to actually follow their dreams, to represent you and I on the Olympic stage, on the national stage, because not everyone is earning a living off the sport that they follow. We know the sacrifices they have to give up, the, the training, the hours they put in to be the best in the world. It doesn't allow for them to hold regular jobs. So what the Waddle Nest are doing, it's very ambitious by Rachel and the team there. They are trying to raise before Christmas $10,000 for 200 athletes in Australia. That's a target of $2 million. How they plan to do this is, well, 2032. Those numbers, 2032. 2032, we know it's Olympic and Paralympic year. They are asking you to buy a number between 1 and 2032. 2032. Whatever number you buy is how much you pay. It's a tax-deductible tax deductible donation. You buy a number 7 pay $7. You buy $777, your donation is $777. Now, not only is it a tax-deductible donation, but there are incentives along the way. Um, I know Kurt Capewell is donating his footy boots worn in the grand final. Uh, the number that he is looking for is 1993. 1,993 a year that the Broncos won a grand final. Actually, I'm pretty sure it might have been the year Kirk Cable was born too, 1993. So that's the idea. You buy a number, it goes to the athletes. And I could just tell you that story and that'd be fantastic. But no, on the line now is an athlete who will be part of the recipients of a $10,000 grant from Waddle Nest as part of of this exercise. He is a man who, based in Queensland, based on the Gold Coast, represented Australia at the Tokyo Olympics and won a gold medal. The canoe sprint. His name is Jean Vestervan Heisen and he's on the line now. Jean, very good morning to you. Um, congratulations on the gold medal. I know it's been some time. Then how has life changed since winning an Olympic gold medal? Yeah, no, it hasn't actually changed a whole heap, to be honest with you. Um, it's remained pretty much the same. Um, 
yeah, and I think it's, you know, in, in one way, it's actually been pretty good in that sense. It keeps my feet on the ground and keeps me motivated to kind of come back and hopefully replicate in, in Paris. That's the goal. That's the dream. But, yeah, life hasn't changed too much. I think um, it's, it's kind of remained, yeah, much of the same. See, Joe, I find that amazing because gold medals, Olympic gold medals are a currency unto themselves, though. But, I mean, surely winning a gold medal, you, you, you get funding from the, the government as part of an Olympic program. Is that not the case? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we definitely get a injection of funding and we kind of move up on the funding table. Um, but I think, you know, unless you have some really, really big sponsors, um, I'm fortunate to have a couple of sponsors, which is fantastic. But, yeah, I still kind of work my part-time, my part-time job just to, yeah, keep going and just make sure I have a life um, waiting for me outside of sport. But, yeah, it's, it's not a, you know, I'm involved in a sport that doesn't attract massive sponsorship. So, um, yeah, I kind of just kind of keep they've just kept on going with my job and kind of kept everything pretty much the same um but i must say i've been fortunate to have a, yeah a couple of a couple of sponsors come on board with me and, and one of them being the, the waddle nest which has been been fantastic can, can you give us an idea of um the uh, olympic funding that you get from um, government from um the uh, like how, how much is that per year can i ask Oh, I don't even know if I'm allowed to allowed to disclose it, but I know That's it's okay. like yeah, it's it's all public knowledge. You can go and you can have a Google online, and you can um you can have a look for yourselves. But it's definitely, I wouldn't say it's it's an amount you'd you'd want to live your whole life on. Um, that's kind of why I'm. But that's yeah, kind of the point, isn't it? it? It's not enough to to live off. You you do need to work uh to to put food on the table to keep a roof over your head and 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 when you train how many hours a week would you train yeah so training kind of takes up around 30 to 35 hours of a week and then yeah i work around That's 20 your full-time to 25 job. um yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah the weeks are pretty full um but it's just i think the reality you know and like i'm fortunate myself to be i'd say on a higher level of funding for um yeah, just for athletes involved with the AS, but there's many guys that sit below me and even have to, yeah, grind it, grind it up more than myself. So I would still say I'm almost in, you know, kind of the more fortunate position. More fortunate position still. That $10,000, how how far would that go? What would that be? What would that allow you to do heading into an Olympic year? Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. You know, it just means you, you know, you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself to, you know, work as much. So for me, it means I can, you know, like for for example, this year I usually work full time. Um, when I come back uh, after the season's finished, and I, and I work full time in October, November. This time around, I'm only working three days a week. So it kind of just takes a little bit of that pressure, a little bit of that load off, and I can just kind of dial into my training more. Um, dial into the Olympic year, which is a massive year always. So, yeah, it just takes it just just takes that pressure off, which is fantastic, and allows me to focus on my training more. Mate, let's touch base uh, early in the next uh, next year when the when we come back online, uh, just to see how things are going heading into Paris, and and hopefully uh, enough money is raised via the Waddle Nest to get athletes like yourself. Uh, that, uh, well, that little bit of breathing space heading into an Olympic year. Uh, appreciate your time, mate, and have a Merry Christmas. John Vandervest Heisen, he's an Olympic gold medalist from Tokyo.
That's right, representing Australia in the canoe sprint. Uh, obviously, grew up South Africa, but now calls the Gold Coast home training there as well. Wattle Nest. .com.au is where you'll find the detail. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Because you look so fine that I really want to make you mine. Slam and Sam going out with a bang for the final show of the year. Uh, some breaking news, not out of the world of sport, but just out of the world. Inflation has dropped to 4.9%. Yeah? Uh, yeah, no, but this is good, right? Because the RBA, they're meeting, you know, the first Tuesday of every month to decide interest rates. So coming into Christmas, they've got to take that into play. Uh, 13 13 55 is the open line. 0467 736 736. Queensland's best athlete of 2023. Who and why? News up at 11. 28 degrees. She's a steamy one this morning. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Eleven. Thanks for your company. A big final hour for 2023 coming up. Hall of Famers on the menu. Uh, David Warner as well. Yes, will he be given that very well? A fairy tale test farewell. And um, we are celebrating Big Maxi as well after that masterclass against India. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. That's the number to be part of Queensland Sports' biggest conversation. Uh, Gus has said, hey, Ben, throw in Mackenzie Arnold in the mix for the Queensland Athlete of the Year for her efforts in the Matildas tilt at World Cup Glory. Also, because of her loyalty towards the Broncos and telling Mary Fowler that Nathan Cleary isn't allowed on the field to celebrate. <laughs> nice one, Gus. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Razor, your text as well. I love this. He said, my neighbour Fred, he can mow my lawn while I was away for the spring carnival. That makes him a good sport. I reckon he could be up there as part of the Queensland Sports Star of the Year. <laughs> Razor, I like that one. Lateral thinking. Thank you very much. Yeah, we have 15 of the highest profile athletes in this state in the vying for the Queensland Sports Star of the Year. Of those 15, 13 of them are world champions or at least the best at what they do in the world. Can you imagine being a judge to split that? So who in your mind, your astute judgment, 
would be the Queensland athlete of the last 12 months. Any codes, any sport, any gender, go. 13 13 0467 That officially will be named tomorrow at the Q Sport Awards, along with the induction of Hall of Famers, including my next guest. He is an icon of Brisbane. He is one of the best sports broadcasters that we have ever seen in this country. He's filled the airwaves for more than half a century with wit and wisdom and passion and precision, insight and individuality. It started, well, in 1966 in Mount Isa, And it ended here in Brisbane. What he hasn't called, what he hasn't seen, isn't worth knowing about. I mean, we're talking the the first Cricket World Cup at Lords in 75. He's seen Bradman play. He's seen Labor play. Um, State of Origins was there in 1980, the first time they called that. He called the 84 State of Origin, how he did that, the SCG in the wet. Um, The 95 Shield win for Queensland, uh, Olympic Games in Sydney, It's just one of the reasons why he's being inducted into the Hall of Fame. I'm speaking none other than the the real McCoy, John McCoy. Macca, very good morning to you. Congratulations, Hall of Famer. (laughs) Just to add to the list. Thank you very much, Benny. Good morning to you and good morning, everyone. Yeah, look, it was an absolute surprise. I got the shock of a life when I was when I was saying and told about it. It was the last thing that I had even considered. But it's a it's a wonderful honour, and I feel very privileged. Yeah. Of of the fifteen athletes, I'm going to skip ahead here. But of the fifteen athletes to mm-hmm. be named the sports or the oh, finalists, the sports. Don't get... ask me to pick one, please. Well, I mean, that's a, I mean, a judge. Like, have you ever been asked to judge one of these? No, I ha- look. I haven't been a uh, a judge for the Queensland Sports Star of the Years, but but Ben, I have been um, since the inception of the Laureus International Sports Awards for the International Sports Star of the Year. I've been on the judging panel for that since <laughs> inception. So wow. I know I know what a tough job it is. But look, in that's in that's an honour in itself, Macca. Yes, it is. Yeah, um, and look, we've. Um, just in the last couple of days, submitted my entries for uh, for the awards for this year, which will be announced early next year. However, mm. mate, it, the Queensland Awards, I mean, it is just so damn hard. There's not a Commonwealth or Olympic Games, is there, where at some stage someone won't say, if Queensland were a nation, here's where they would be on the medal tally. I mean, that's how tough it is. <laughs> and this year is... This year's no exception, is it? You know, so... And then, look, I, I, I've got to say, the awards run, of course, by Q Sport. And I don't think it's any coincidence that Queensland is so strong when you've got the the umbrella body, the the parent body of sport in Q Sport being sort of so proactive as we are here in Queensland. And everybody's on the same hymn page in Queensland under under Q Sport. And And I always remember, you know, the great, the super coach, Jack Gibson, whenever Gibbo would be considering a, a change of club, he always said the first thing he looked at was not the playing roster. He said, show me the front office. And he said, I'll tell you whether, you know, I, I want to be there. And look, it's the same here. And that's why with a parent body like Q Sport, why Queensland, one of the, the reasons, a great reason why Queensland overall in every sport you want to name is just so strong. And this year, just look at the quality of the candidates in all of the fields for tomorrow night. 
it's incredible. Incredible indeed for the Sports Star of the Year. I mean, they'll be joining the likes of Ash Barty, Mick Dewan, Susie O'Neill, Adam Scott, Kate Campbell, Matt Hayden, Grant Hackett, Steph Gilmore, yeah. Jeff Hoare, and, and, and the name John McCoy is going into the Hall of Fame. Mac, 1966 <laughs> at 4LM Mount Isa, it all began. Yeah, it did actually. Yeah, look, I um, I was born and raised in, in Brisbane um, and... When I finished school at, in 1966, I already had a job lined up in, in radio. And so I had Christmas at home that year with mum and dad and the family. And I uh, then, that day after boxing, uh, so I headed out to Mount Isa and to uh, 4LM, which was part of the uh, the colour radio network with 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG in Longreach and 4IP in, in Greater Brisbane. And um, so I went out to Mount Isa. I was on air the day after I arrived there. And had 11 months out in Mount Isa before I got transferred back to uh, to 4IP, and uh, I loved those days. I was look, I and I still love music. And in those days, it was uh, the 60s. Of course, it was the era of you know the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and Elvis, you name it. And so, for a young bloke who loved music, being a disc jockey, when uh, when I was at 4IP, we got to be number one in Brisbane for the first time. So they were great days. But um, and I I was so lucky that I had wonderful people great radio people who taught me and um, and you know were able to guide me and show me some of the pitfalls and and then but I always wanted to do sport that was my passion and um, as it turned out Benny the I always there was a fellow on uh, 4BC the the main sports station Tom the late Tom McGregor he was a wonderful sports broadcaster he was the program manager of 4BC as well but a great sports broadcaster and I used to always that's the sort of job I'd like. So I reckon Tom was the one who probably was instrumental in me wanting to go into radio, particularly to go into sport. And I, I never got to meet Tom. It was one of the, the great sorrows of my life that I didn't. However, as quite incredible as it may seem, Tom, after covering the Mexico Olympic Games, he came back and not long after he took ill and uh, then passed away. And the vacancy that was created was the one that I was able to take and become the sports coordinator at 4BC. And they they took me on sight unseen. It was my great mate and mentor, Vince Curry, the brilliant Brisbane radio uh, uh, race caller, who knew that I loved sport, and Vince took a punt on me, and, uh, and that's how I started in sport. So I was very lucky. And we thank Vince for it, as we are all lucky, Macca, to have you along for the ride as part of the, the soundtrack of our, our lives growing up, watching, listening to, to sport, not only on radio, but, but TV as well. What was the World Cup at Lords, the, the first World Cup? Yeah. Was that one of the first assignments for you? Um, yeah, 1975, I probably would have been one of the early ones. I, I went over to, after having had a couple of years at 4IP, um, I went to 4BC, I think about 1970 or early 71, somewhere around there. So, mm. yeah, look, it would have been one of my earliest assignments to go over and cover the World Cup. Um, it was one day cricket was really in its infancy. No one knew what to expect. But as it turned out, it was a brilliant final at Lords, um, And it was Australia and the West Indies. And the West Indies looked as though that they were going to win and win easily. I remember um, Clive Lloyd scored a century. A couple of brilliant runouts that were uh, created by Viv Richards. 
and it looked as though they were going to win comfortably. And then there was a rear guard action by Australia who batted second, and they eventually got within 17 runs. But the West Indies won, and deservedly won, but it was just a, a brilliant game of cricket. And being at Lords, it was, yeah, something I look back on with, uh, you know, great memories. Mate, you're rolling it out as if it was yesterday, 1975, <laughs> that was. Now, I was trying yeah. to do my, my maths here, my sums. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you saw Bradman play? That doesn't add up. I did. I did. <laughs> you didn't call him playing. <laughs> now, let me tell you, let me tell you, put this in perspective, Betty. Um, Don Bradman captained the Invincibles, the unbeaten side in 1948. And, of yeah. course, we know that out for a duck in his last innings. Um, I was born the year later. Okay. <laughs> so what happened? What happened? Um, some years after that, there was a testimonial game. I'm pretty sure from memory it was for Colin McCool, the Queensland leg spinner who was in Bradman's Invincibles. But the game was held, of all places, at Perry Park, which in those days was the headquarters of we say today AFL, but it was known as Australian Rules Football in those days. Perry Park. Before Perry Park became the soccer ground. But it was the AFL, Australian Rules Headquarters. Oh. I think the Gabba, uh, the Gabba used to host all of the big rugby league games, of course. I'm sure rugby league would have been on at the Gabba, which is why they went to Perry Park. And uh, only being a you know a young fellow, but my dad said to me, we're going to go along and, and uh, watch this, this game. He said, because you'll get the opportunity to see Don Bradman play and you can always say you've seen Bradman. Well, I went and I can remember standing with my dad. We stood under the the fig trees, which were along, what's the street? Edmonston Road, I think it yep. is. Edmonston Street, there, along that side of Perry Park. And when Bradman came out to bat, I can still remember the crowd. and It was jam-packed. Not that it could hold all the many people, but it was standing room only. And the noise they made when Bradman walked out, he only made a couple. He made three or four or something, but I, I can say that I, I actually saw the dog bat. Outstanding. <laughs> well, after his, well after his actual playing days, but it was great to, great to see. Oh, well, it's a great story, Macker. I mean, there's not too many of us left to say that we have seen him bat or even seen him in the flesh as well, which is brilliant stuff. You are listening Benny, to the... I, yeah, I, yeah. I got to meet him a couple of times after that in my you know job as a sports broadcaster. I remember sitting with him one night next to him at dinner at the Gabba, uh, it was the opening of the Don Bradman Library at the Queensland Cricketers Club, and yep. I had to be the MC for the night, and I was sitting next to the Don, so I got to meet him on a couple of occasions. What was he like? Um, look, he was uh, he was very good. Um, look, he was. He is he was up for staying. a chat? Is he up for a chat, or is he? Um, yes and no. Um, look, he was he was good company. I'd have to say, and I know really well a number of the players who were in his. 1948 side, some of the legends, and I won't name them, but I'm sure you'll be able to guess who I'm talking about. Look, each and every one of them would say, Don Bradman, oh, without doubt, the greatest batsman there's ever been, and mm. no one's even come near him before or since. Um, as a person, though, wasn't the most popular. He was regarded as being somewhat aloof, although the players would always say the pressure that was on, on him and wherever he went, the adulation, it was like, you know, he's like a rock star. And they said, so he was, he was quite aloof from the, from the other players. So much so that I do remember one story that was told. And young Neil Harvey, who was only, yeah. what, 19, I think, when uh, he went on that tour and 
scored a century in his uh, in his first test in the fourth test of, of that um, that series. But Harvey early on was having some problems adjusting to the English conditions. And normally you would go to your captain and say, "Look, Skipper, you know I'm I'm having some troubles." But he Bradman was held in touch all. The players wouldn't do that, and um, they all said that the the fellow who was closest to Bradman was Sam Loxton. And so they said to Neil Harvey, go and see Sam and get Sam to go and see Bradman for you and say to Bradman, look, I'm getting out. I'm getting caught quite a lot of the time. So Sam went and saw Bradman. Bradman didn't come back and say, well, get Harvey to come and see me. He just said to Sam, um, tell the young fellow, if he hits it along the ground, he won't get caught. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, they said he was, he was very aloof, but just the greatest batsman that they've ever seen. And they said there'd be no one like him before us. Macca, I, I want to pick your brains uh, about mm. those you, you've seen, you've come across in your storied career, but you also know the commercial realities of radio. Do you, I, I'm going to impress on you, um, do you have a chance <laughs> to stick around after the commercial break? I've got to pay some bills. I'm yep. looking at the clock. We could do, so I know I'm taking up a lot of your Wednesday morning, but um, yep. I, I, it's a story I, I, I want to hear and I'm sure my listeners do too. Uh, John McCoy will be back straight after this break, inducted into the Queensland Sport Hall of Fame tomorrow night. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. 24 minutes past 11, 28 degrees. This Wednesday morning, the final show of the year. A lot of love coming through on the text line for my guest who... I'm trying to remember the last time I actually brought someone over across a break, as we call it in the world of radio, getting to hold on. The story's so fascinating. I'm speaking none other than the doing himself, John McCoy, who is being inducted into the Queensland Sports Hall of Fame tomorrow night. Uh, Macca, state of origin, you've always been there since day one, but one of the more memorable ones, and I heard Paddy talk about it this morning, uh, you and he down in Sydney, the SCG 1984. Well, the SCG turned into the the, the Sydney swimming pool rather than the Sydney cricket ground. That was the night Greg Dowling got it off the crossbar. He did. A kick from Wally that hit the crossbar and Greg Dowling scored. Yeah, and where we had to broadcast from, it was right up the back of the Bradman stand, actually. So you were right behind the goalposts and it was a terrible night. And Paddy was there. In fact, Paddy's dad, Benny, was there as well. And so was my dad. He happened to come down to, to Sydney for the game. So... But it was a terrible place to have to call from at the best of times. And I called quite a few games from there. But on a night like that, it was a shocker. Um, but apart from the Greg Dowling try, I think the other thing I always remember about that game, and people will remember this incident, where Noel Cleal had to take a goal line dropout. And it was just so wet and the water everywhere that when he dropped the ball, it, of course, it didn't bounce and he had an air swing. Yes. So that's a penalty in front. So it was two points. You know, penalty straight in front of the post. Not long after it, Queensland also had to take a goal line dropout from the same spot, and must have been in the second half, but the same end. And Wally realised that the ball wasn't going to bounce, and the same thing would happen to him as happened to Noel Cleal. So Barry Gomesall was the referee, and just as he was about to take the kick from under the post, he yelled out to Barry something like, Barry, offside, look at them. And, and the moment Barry sort of just turned his head, Wally punt kicked it. 
Danny, the king, eh? he's the king for a reason. Was, was, was he the is he the best you've you've called, Marcus? Oh, it? rugby league wise, yeah, rugby league wise, absolutely, absolutely, mate. He was just an absolutely unbelievable player, and I guess it was one of the things I was very lucky in an era like that when so many great young players like the Lewises and the Meningas and the Dowlings you mentioned at a state of origin level, you know. Brett Kenny, the battle to Brett Kenny and Wally Lewis. Mm. And funny, both of them, we became, the three of us used to do so many games together, Brett and Wally and myself calling for Fox Sports. And it was just great to just sit and listen to them. And, and uh, But, you know, football-wise, just a genius, Wally. I've never seen one like him. Hey, is Bert the next immortal? Well, gee, I tell you what, I wouldn't like to be trying to pick that <laughs> with... Uh, He's got to be up there, but you know, the the Queenslanders as well, the mm-hmm. likes of, you know, the Jonathan Thurston's and the Billy Slater's coming through. And, and look, yeah, I wouldn't like to be on that panel, but Brett Kenny, great bloke, and a, what a footballer. Maccabee, and, for, oh, and oh, sorry, he and Wally, yeah. they both say they brought the best out of each other, and they really did. Yeah, watching their battles uh, during during the 80s. Before I let you go, before time gets away from us, um, so many stories. You, you watch, you watch Bradman at Perry Park. You, 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 you met him and spoke to him along the way. What about yeah. we? We are blessed in, in what we do that we do get to meet so many different people, different uh, walks yeah. of life, but also the athletes. Do you have? Yes. Do you have a? I'm not even going to say favourite. That that's the lazy way. Do you have one that sticks in your mind the most over the journey? Yeah, I do actually. I reckon the most interesting person that I've ever met in my life. And what happened, Ben, I was, um, I've always done some stuff for the, the IOC, um, and I'm on the IOC Historical Committee. And I was at um, doing a, a six-week course in Olympic history uh, at the IOC's Academy, which is at Ancient Olympia, just across the road from the, the ancient ruins at, uh, at Olympia. Mm. And... I was there for this six weeks, but in the middle of it, they had the um, the National Olympic Committees and their delegates from every country were there for their national conference. And the IOC asked me, would um, would I be the MC for the four or five days of this conference? So, you know, it was a, a remarkable experience. Mm. But one of the American delegates was Rayford Johnson. Now, Rayford Johnson was the silver medalist in the decathlon in Melbourne in 1956, and he won the gold medal in the decathlon in Rome in 1960. And a marvellous man, huge man, black American, but just one of the biggest men physically I have ever met, but a lovely, lovely man. And I got to know him really well and sat with him on quite a few occasions at lunches and dinners and really got to know him well and became, you know, very good, long-lasting friends with him. Hmm. But... His story, apart from being an Olympic champion, when he finished his athletic career, he went to American football for a for a short while, but then was given a job with the American Secret Service. And he was one of the bodyguards for Robert Kennedy and was there with Robert Kennedy in the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles the night that he was assassinated by Sirhan Sirhan. And as Rafa said, look, we thought we had done everything possible 
in security-wise. And But he said we didn't expect that in the, the kitchen of a hotel, this is where the assassin was going to be. And if you ever hear, and there is audio of it, I've heard it plenty of times, if you ever hear the audio, and I don't know where the audio came from, but if you ever hear it, you'll hear people saying, get the gun rafer, get the gun rafer. And he actually dived on Sir Hunt, Sir Hunt and disarmed him because he said it was too late. Robert Kennedy had been fatally wounded. And so, but just to talk to him and listen to him, he passed away, uh, he had a stroke a couple of years ago and passed away about 18 months or so ago now, but just one of the most remarkable and incredible people that I've ever met in my life. And there's been plenty of them, but, but Rafe is right up there. John, that is a story that I wasn't expecting. Of all the things that I was perhaps thinking you would come at me with, that was the last thing. That's an amazing story. And you know what? That's the beauty of what we do, isn't it, Macca? That we we, we, we come across these people, these stories, and we we tell and help tell those stories. And and, and you're one of the best. I tell you, I, I just to finish, Benny. I tell you one really remarkable coincidence of that story. Yeah. Some years after that, um, that time I spent in Greece, my wife Carmel and I were were travelling, and we were in Greece. And the IOC uh, asked us, you know, said, "Look, come and stay at the academy for a couple of days." And so I, we did, and I was able to show Carmel around, you know, so much of of Olympia. And, and I said to her, "We went into just one area, just in front of this." one of their beautiful conference rooms. And I said, right here, I said, that's this is where I, that photo of myself and Rafe was taken. And she knew what I was talking about. I've got a beautiful photo with, with him at home. You wouldn't believe it, but that night, that very night, we went back to our room at the academy and I happened to turn on the TV and it was CNN I was watching. And it was that day, so 50 years before. So this is what, the 2010. So 50 years before to the day, that Raper had won his gold medal at Rome. And they had taken Raper back to the Stadio Olimpico in Rome to reenact wow. him winning his gold medal. I said, I can't believe this. But I'm sitting here tonight <laughs> where I've met him right here. And here we are 50 years to the day. Here he is on TV reenacting his gold medal. It was fantastic. The world works in mysterious ways, Macca, and the mysterious ways. Congratulations again. The Queensland Sports Hall of Fame inductee, just the third from the world of media broadcasting legend, John McCoy. John, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Enjoy tomorrow night and everything else. It's been a great chat. John McCoy. Oh, you, you could talk. I feel like I have been talking to him all day, but it doesn't. It feels like just a moment. We've been blessed, haven't we? 13 13 736 Um Amy's standing by with the news. It's 11.33. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Slam and Sam, no reason why you're playing the Screaming Jets and better, but I'm not angry. It's an absolutely ripping song as we bring 2023 to a close for this part of the show. Um, I have been given the honour, throwing the keys, if you like, for next week. 
Perfect Breakfast. Pat and Heels, uh, they'll be uh, off for the summer. And uh, I'll be joining you from the wee hours of the morning as of next week. But right now, we're going to bring it home. I'm going to find you some winners out at Albion Park today. Before we do that, though, I do want to get into Andrew McDonald and the test summer that awaits. We know we'll see the end of Dave Warner. He's declared that the Pakistan test at the SCG will be his farewell. But at this time yesterday, Andrew McDonald, the Australian cricket coach, was talking to my colleague down in Melbourne... Jared Whateley, and it was actually put to him, will we see David Warner make his farewell in the Sydney Test? Is Dave Warner going to be opening the batting in the Pakistan series? That'll all be decided later this week. What goes into that decision? Uh, like any other decision, working out who the best player is for, the, for that position at that point in time. And uh, I think with Test cricket, it's really clear you don't necessarily need to future-proof things too much. I think with a you know a cycle, uh, with a World Cup one-day cricket or T20, there's an element of okay, what what are we looking for to build to get to that grand final? Uh, whereas we see every Test Test match is important um, in terms of yeah the direction of of Australian cricket. So there's seven Tests between now and India next year, which looks like the feature series. Um, do these three tests play a role in progressing to them or in what you've just said, are these just sort of isolated series? I think they're isolated series for me. I think every test match you, you sit down as a selection panel and you, you work out your best team and, and, and you go from there. So that's the bowling attack. That's the batting, the wicket keeping. Every decision is in isolation for each test match. And I think that's the way test cricket should be. Pick your best team at that point in time. There's no doubt that you will have a younger player from time to time that people will think that needs to play or get exposure to play. Um, but I think a lot of that always takes care of itself. Yeah, there we go. Andrew McDonald with Jared Waitley yesterday. Still, for me, David Warner is our, one of our number one openers. He's in the top six batsmen in the country, isn't he? Surely, especially what we've seen coming out of a white ball with the World Cup. But coming to the test, surely he sees out those last three. But the big question also remains around Cameron Green, the all-rounder. Can he get a start in a test lineup when you have Mitch Marsh firing as he's done? Would you be reluctant to have Cam Green sit on the shelf for too long in test cricket, given the long-term investment that you've made in him? Yeah, I think that's a definite conversation. Um, Mitch Marsh has taken his spot in that middle order. Um, what does you know Cam Green's future look like in the test team? Is it a matter of waiting for, for Mitch um, to, to finish or is it could there be another spot that opens up over time and look he's batted six most of his test career but he's been a fantastic number four for, for WA and I think averages close to 50 in, in shield cricket so um, yeah I mean there's always the the idea that you can potentially shift the order to make room um, and put your best six batters or what you see as your best six batters in a certain order and we've seen that in Australian cricket before we've seen I think David Boone went from three to opening I think Justin Langer went from three to opening um, Shane Watson went from sixth to opening, if I'm, I'm right. So there has been um, the ability to reshuffle and, and for that to be successful. But as I said, we'll pick the best 11 for that first test match in Perth. Is just is Green in a tough spot at the moment? He's just outside each of the Australian teams um, as, it's, as it's fallen. I think he's in a better spot than the people that aren't there. So yeah. I think he's in a, in a, in a great spot. Um, yeah, he's always on the, on the selection table. He's always been discussed. Um, he's had an interesting 12 months, really. Um, the IPL into, well, sorry, India into an IPL, into an Ashes, into a World Cup, 
Um, that's a hugely demanding year, and he's never done that before. So I think the lessons learned over the last 12 months hold him in great stead for for the future. And yeah, he's he's a generational type player. And yeah, as you said earlier, it, how long can he stay out of the team for without sort of hindering a the team's um, progress and also individually Cam's progress? Does Cameron Green become the next Shane Watson going from six to opener as an all-rounder? Hmm, interesting. We'll see what happens this summer. All right, let's try and find you a winner this afternoon. Uh, but also talk to our great friends at the Brisbane Greyhound Racing Club on the Chase the Flame experience. Luke Gatehouse, a very good morning to you. There's only one day to go for this to uh, get our entries in. Good morning, Ben, and yes, great news that uh, you'll be taking over from the uh, permanent holiday makers, Pat and Eels, next week. <laughs> I wouldn't say taking over. I think just maybe left the keys to the, the keys to the <laughs> castle for a week. So we'll see how we go. Oh, well, you'll be able to get my Thursday tips every week nice. now, up until up until the new year. Your, so tips pay, your tips paid off last week, just quietly. But before we get into that yeah. for today, Chase the Flame. Chase the Flame. Going to be fantastic. So tomorrow night we've got our Queensland Flame, which is a, a best eight invitation race for our best eight dogs up here. And the winner of that goes through to the $1.65 million Phoenix on December 16. So it's going to be a really good race. And the Chase the Flame is our uh, support competition. So someone can win a basically 50% share in a dog for 12 months just by being here tomorrow night and filling out the entry. That's great stuff, isn't it? So yeah, you have to be there tomorrow night at Albion Park, so you've got to be present for it. Uh, fill out the entry and, of course, all the food and beverages, refreshments at the Chase the Flame function. How good is that? Everyone who enters will be part of that. All right, Luke, what about today? Um, anything we can put our heart earn on? Yeah, we've got 12 races, so there's plenty of winners out there here. First at uh, seven minutes past two, last at 5.22. I've found two again, just in case we only hit 50%. Race four, number one, Bartel Hayes. It's 270 out to 290 now, so that's getting a little bit more juicy. Mm. And hang around to the lucky last race, 12 dog, four, you know, Cha-Cha, around about the $3, $3.10 mark. You know Cha-Cha. All right, there's a name for you. So race four, dog one, race 12... Dog four and uh, starting to get some juicy stuff about it. I love it, uh, Luke. All, all the best for um, all the best for t- tomorrow night in chasing the flame as well. And uh, the winner will be very happy coming for twelve months uh, as a owner of a greyhound for the year competition. What a great initiative from the Brisbane Greyhound Racing Club. Uh, Luke Gatehouse there. All thanks to Brisbane Greyhound uh, com for all your function and event information. Back to bring it all home straight after this. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Time to Uh, 
Almost time to say goodbye for 2023. Thank you for your company over the past, I'm going to say 12 months. Probably hasn't been that long, but for the entirety of this year, it's been an absolute hoot. And I reckon we have saved our best show for last. The calls have been exceptional. The talent on air have been uh, the, some of the best we have come across in the, this year. It's also time to say goodbye to Mark Cuban, who is the owner of the Dallas Mavericks in the NBA. He bought the Dallas Mavericks for just a lazy $285 million back in 2000. So some two decades later, he's just about to sell them for $3.5 billion. That's B for billion. Not a bad little investment. He's had to hold on to it, and he's had some success along the way too. So Mark Cuban... Uh, getting to stay on as the head of basketball there, but selling a majority share of the Dallas Mavericks for $3.5 billion. Outstanding stuff. Uh, the text messages, the phone calls throughout the year have made this show what it is. So thank you for that. I hope you have a very safe, merry and happy Christmas. Uh, to Dave out at Cannon Hill, the lunch, the dinner, the drinks, whatever you want to do at the Lord Alfred Hotel is on us. Thank you for being part of it. Uh, please enjoy the rest of 2023. And until we speak again in 2024, enjoy, good luck, and good hunting. <laughs>